Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining, joined by my co-host, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I, I'm making a Brett Favre joke in the, in, the, in the chat room, sorry. I feel like I haven't talked to you or hosted a show in a while. <laughs> I know, it's been two weeks. <laughs> Last week we had um, Aiden on at 7 o'clock. We did the early show, and it, was, it threw me off all night. I bet it because did. Because it was two hours early. You're like, oh, my God, what do I do? I'm like, I can actually watch Desperate Housewives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of DVRing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Well, how was your week? So, or how how's your two weeks have been? Gosh, well, um, I, you know, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had a horrible head cold. Horrible. I felt sorry, sorry for myself. And I and actually the Saturday before the show I slept all day, <laughs> all day. I did not get out of bed. It was horrible. Mark had to bring me a um, you know one of those bedpan things, and then you know I'm kidding everybody. <laughs> I didn't. I, I did not do that. Okay, maybe once. But anyway, um, gosh, uh, the week has just been has flown by. You know, it, it's just it's crazy. I, I'm just. Busy, 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 and just, I just, oh, I just want to slow down. Yeah, I hear you, I hear you. Um, I had, um, this week, um, it's kind of insane. We had, um, my partner had an event Friday night, so we went and took care of, you know, the event, and I, you know, I go out and I introduce them and do all that stuff beforehand and the registration. So I had that Friday night, and then Saturday was, like, a pretty big day because I had um, a photo shoot, um, Saturday morning, which uh, I can't talk too much about because I, I don't know if I can, but uh, you will be seeing my pretty face somewhere soon. <laughs> in the near future, eh? In, uh, in yeah, the near future? In the near future, you will see my pretty face. Um, so me and Justin actually um, get nice. it together. So um, we'll talk more about that at another time. But um, I had that going on. Uh, during the day, and then last night I had a surprise birthday party for uh, one of my friends. He oh, turned wow. 60, so it was, it was a pretty cool big surprise, and you know it was really nice to see all those people because they were my soccer buddies. Was he a su- he turned 60? Was that the surprise, or was it a surprise that everybody <laughs> showed up? <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of family from out of state, so it was kind of cool, ah. and his partner pulled it off perfectly. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. So. um if you missed last week's show, again, uh, we had Aiden Shaw on, and he came on and talked about his work um, in the adult film industry and, you know, his books and stuff like that. And you guys can catch the last show, um, you know, on the player that we have on your profile. But tonight, I'm really excited because tonight we have, um, you know, one of our, our bloggers from Paws I Am, Michael. And, um, you know, I asked him to put some things together you know, about himself, kind of, uh, you know, that I could use for promoting, like in, like I have here in the description of the show. And I love that he starts it off that he's not an activist. And, like, for me, that's the best thing because when I first started this, it wasn't about being an activist. It was just about kind of sharing my story. You know what I mean? Right. And why, why we wanted to do the radio show was, you know, to bring attention to people's personal stories. That's what the whole real purpose was. And, you know, at times we do get, you know, um, people who come on who work for um, ASOs and they talk about that or, you know, they're coming on to promote a book or something. But we don't really get a lot of, like, really good personal stories. So it's great. I love having a member come on and share his story because it just lets me know that this process is, like, it's working. Right. And I see him on the line now, so I'm going to bring him on. Um, Let me just find him. There he is. I'm here. Michael, welcome to the show. You're on the air. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Good, how are you? I'm doing okay. I t- 
trying to log in so I could be doing the chat thing at the same time, but it doesn't seem to want to work for me. So. Uh, yeah, that probably won't work. Um, but just turn down your speakers on your computer so we don't have an echo. Yeah, I don't have anything on. So. We'll oh, cool. Check. Okay. Uh, you mean you don't have anything on the computer, or you don't have anything? No, I don't have volume. No volume on. No volume on. I can watch other people as they're chatting in here. I've got a guest on here, but I've logged in, but it still doesn't allow me to type. So. Oh, weird. That's okay. You can still see. That's the main point. And they can hear you, so you can respond to anything there. So I want to thank you, first off, for coming on the show and um, you know sharing your story. It's a it's a big step for you, as you know. I've been reading your blogs, and and you know what I mean. It's 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 a step for you. So, how does it feel to to make that uh, next step? Little bit, little bit nerve wracking. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll admit that. Um, um, I'm noticing that there's probably somebody that's uh, that's actually tuned into this that uh, I'm coming out to that uh, I wasn't really prepared to do that. But uh, since they're online, I guess they're going to know. <laughs> and. Um, so actually, you know what? I, I went back today and I went through all your old blogs. Um, you know, when that. you first started. Yeah, that's where and why I posted on that one blog because I was like, how come I missed this one with your story in it? You know what I mean? Because it was a repost from the original Pause Network, which I just realized that you were a member on that site as well. Yeah, that was. This was the very first. Like, this was the very first network that I actually got to be a part of after the diagnosis. I was. It was. It was so. Uh, I don't know what more can I say. It was one of those where it just really, you know, at least stepped out to me and said, "Hey, you know, this is a site that you really want to be a part of." So, cool. Because it wasn't like you know, it wasn't a dating site or anything else like that. It was one where you could just go, you know, I I, I need to be able to talk to people. Yeah, that was my point. <laughs> I needed that support. I want to yeah. talk to somebody. Somebody talk to me. Yeah. Well, and I, uh, you know, I, I feel like I live in a community, and, and maybe I haven't given the community a lot of uh, chances, you know. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like I live in a community where you just can't, you know, you can't be out and open about this here. Right. People here seem to think it's that, that if they know, then it's their right to go run around and tell everybody. Ah, yes. It's that. It's it, it, it's what is what I, what I love to say is that when you have a piece of information and you give it to somebody else, it's theirs to do whatever they want with it. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> I, I, I understand that all too well. Yeah, so that, that you know, that, that freaks me out a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but so it, so it, tell me about your dog. Now, so. what, what kind of pooch do you got? Uh, <laughs> What's that? Golden Retriever, she's princess of the house. Oh, so, I know how that is. I've got a princess of my own and a dog. Oh. <laughs> she's done very, very well for herself. She's Unfortunately, she's allergic. She has really bad allergies, so she's allergic to everything. She's allergic to pet dander, so she's actually even allergic to herself. herself. Um, she's allergic <laughs> to grass and to, you know, evergreen trees and all that, so it's it's a pain in the butt to keep her halfway healthy, but... Oh, She's goodness. a very expensive dog. Yes. Wow. A whole new meaning to gold and golden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask if Mike could share just a little bit of his story with us. Start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. Yes. I was born a long time ago. <laughs> Where do you want me? To, what 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 part of the story do you want to hear? Hmm. Well, let's all, start with all, how it all came about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's yeah. start with first how how old are you now, and then talk about you know uh, the situations that led up to you being diagnosed. Well, I'm 44, and uh, I was a I was a very late person coming out of the closet and, and accepting that I was gay. Even um, I didn't you know, I didn't kiss the first guy until um, until I was in my late 20s. First time I actually kissed a guy, you know, short of kissing dad, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different type of kiss, you know. Um, and the very first guy I kissed was the guy that I began a relationship with. Um, I was a, a I, I grew up in a, a, a Catholic household, and my parents were, um, um, you know, they. You saw how they were together, and you saw that they worked everything out. 
and you just didn't, you know, it wasn't like uh, sleeping around or anything else like that. That never happened for me. Uh, met the first guy, uh, worked with him. Um, didn't know he was gay when I first worked with him. Thought he was really cute, but didn't know he was gay until one day when we were working together, I happened to answer the phone at the where we were working, and he, uh, and it was for him. And so I knew who was on the other line. I knew it was a guy on the other line. And so I told him, I said, hey, you can go ahead and get the phone in here. And he's like, okay. And so he hangs up the phone. He goes, yeah, I love you too, babe. And he hung up. And I'm like going, oh, my God, he's gay. <laughs> oh, he's talking <laughs> to another guy. So anyway, um, after that all happened, we went out for quite a while. And I, I got to tell you, I didn't make it easy on him. Um, he was, you know, we used the uh, – used to talk about it as we're on different rungs of the ladder. He'd been out for a long time, and I, he was the very first guy I'd ever been out with, so I wasn't really out yet. Those relationships are really tough. And it was tough for him. I'm sure it was a lot tougher for him than I gave him credit for. And then mm-hmm. I, I moved away, so we had a long-distance relationship for quite a while. And But we were still in a relationship for about 10 years. Um, and unfortunately... I guess it was that uh, we had two different versions of what monogamy was. I got uh-huh. um, I got mine from watching my parents, you know, for 40-plus years together, and he got his from the gay version of Wikipedia, that as long as, you know, as long as you're only with one guy in a bed at a time, then you're still monogamous, whether, it's, <laughs> you know, whether you're still with the right person or the person that you say you're with all the time. So um, Right. And, uh, and we broke up a few different times, got back together a few different times, and um, I just, I, you know, I think if you read, like, the blog that you read earlier today where it just kind of says, love is blind. Yeah. And those were, you know, I just never thought, you know, that he was cheating, and then never, I really never thought I would ever end up with, you know, with, with something like this, because mm-hmm. he was cheating. And, um, sure enough, um, got diagnosed as positive, and he, you know, he, he to this day denies that it's him. So I guess it was the immaculate infection. <laughs> and, uh, up to that point in time, he was the only guy I'd ever been with. So, you know, it's right. like, uh, <laughs> it's pretty easy for me to, to know where I didn't get, you know, where I caught it from. But uh, And how old were you then? Um, I found out when I was, I found out three years ago. Okay. Yeah, so I've, uh, it hasn't even been three years yet. So it's still kind of fairly new to you. It, yeah, and that's been the that has been the one nice thing that uh, you know listening to other listen to the other radio guests and reading some other blogs and stuff like this is to find out that I'm really not in as bad a shape as I thought I was. You know, because I'm sitting here going, how I I can't seem to you know I don't want to tell people I don't know how to tell people I can't I just I, it's tough to accept it's tough to go forward with this and. You hear from other people saying the same thing. It only took me four or five years. It took me, you know, three or five years or something like that. So it's been good to, you know, go, okay, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going down the path, and sooner or later maybe it'll be a little bit easier to, you know, to be able to be more out and open about it. And, but I and worry also, about my friends. Yeah, and, and you know, it, because I, I actually have a friend who's going through a very similar process right now being newly and newly diagnosed and and um he hasn't told anybody um and the same advice that i would give him i would i'll give anybody listening is always remember what you want from someone when you do when you deliver this information right and Mm -hmm. having and being able to accept it yourself and 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 look at yourself in the mirror and say hi i'm hiv positive that that's probably one of the hardest things to do. And that and that is that is I mean that's a really tough thing to do. I mean mm-hmm. I I look back at um, like Robert's um, blog when he was talking about um, when he first you know that it's it's almost like coming out again. And that's what yep. I've always said. This is just like coming out all over again. Yep. Where you know except it's amazing when you're coming out as gay, you have the gay community behind you 100% saying, oh, this is, it's great, you've got to come out, be there, be, you know, be who you are and show everybody who you are and that's fantastic and you come out as HIV positive and you don't even have the gay community anymore. 
Right. Because there's so many in the gay community that think, oh, you got what you deserved. Right. You or right. you slept around, or you did this, or you deserved this. And, you know, and, and I got I to gotta say, I was probably one of those people at one point in time that thought that until it happened to me. And I realized that, um, wow, jeez, uh, I, I guess, you know, in a way I got it because I slept with somebody, you know, unprotected-wise. But who is in a 10-year relationship that thinks that you still need to be protected, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, my doctor kind of said that the best to me when he, you know, when he goes, when I was married to my wife for five years, it wasn't like we were still wearing condoms. Right. Right. Because, and that's always, you know, you bring up a very good point. Because when you watch straight porn, what are they, they're having unprotected sex, and we call that barebacking in the the gay community. Right. Right. You, You know, so... You know, then it's okay for straight people to do it, but, you know, if, if we as thinking that we're committed to our partners and our partners are committed to us and we have unprotected sex, God forbid. Yeah. You know? Um, and and it's, it's that because, because Mike, I have a very I, – I have the same story only in reverse. So <laughs> I was the one who infected my ex. And okay. so I understand that. I, I get it. I, I yeah. Because, you know, I, I was out having a great old time in my 20s and, not, and thinking, well, what he doesn't know won't hurt me. Well, unfortunately, what he didn't know hurt us both. So we all make these decisions in our life. And whether they're good, bad, or 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 not, or indifferent, we have to live with those. And hopefully, hopefully, the guy you know is, will deal with it sooner than rather than later. And unfortunately, you're having to deal with it much sooner than he is. Yeah, I don't. You know, and it's one of those things where you go, I don't know if he's. You know, I mean, we don't talk much at all right. anymore. I mean, I know he's in in a relationship with somebody, you know, his version of monogamy still, I, you know, couldn't tell you what it is, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I just figured, hey, you know what, hopefully, you know, he's gone and got himself tested, and maybe he just, maybe he won't ever acknowledge anything to me, but that's not for me to worry about, you mm-hmm. know, um, that's something that he has to worry about then at that point in time. You know, I look at it and go, I'm, I'm glad that I know because with knowledge comes power. Yep. You know, you can take care of yourself. You can do what you can. Um, you know, there's a part of me that went for, you know, I, I, I diagnosed and went two and a half, you know, two and a half more years without having to take any medication and stuff. And so there's a part of me that goes, God, for that two and a half years, it would have been nice to <laughs> have that back without having to think about this every single day. But, mm-hmm. but. You know, I mean, I'm in better shape just because at least I do know and at least I can do what's right to take care of myself, and I know that I'm not going out and putting anybody else at risk in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're taking yeah. the responsible road. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, definitely you're taking the responsible road. When um, Have you come – have you talked – disclose to your parents or your family members or any, you know what I mean, um, about your HIV status? No, I have not. Mom would be, I mean, it would just, oh, it would just, mom's a very negative person in her life as it is. I probably got a lot of that from her. Um, <laughs> that in the Catholic upbringing, you know, we're, we're guilty of everything and, you know, that's, that's what you're supposed to feel like is guilty all the time. And so it would just, you know, she's getting up there in age and stuff and I just, I don't know, I it's one of those where you go, I, I kind of want to tell her, and then there's another part of me that goes, I just don't want her to sit there and worry and panic because she would be right. one that you couldn't talk to later and go, look, Mom, you know, I, it's not a death sentence like it was. You know, yeah. it's not to say that you couldn't, you know, there can't be some problems down the road, but, you know, it's it's not a death sentence like it was. You take your medication and you go on from there, and, and, you, and you, you know, we live go on from that. Um, I have one sister that's a flight attendant, and, she said something at Christmas when I saw her at Christmas, which was just 
we were just having a talk over dinner, and somehow discrimination type things came up. And she mentioned something about, you know, oh, you wouldn't believe how people discriminate against, you know, the flight attendants that are HIV positive. And I just think that's so horrible, and that was like a big opening for me. And wow. I went, okay, um, the week of Christmas is not the time to say this. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> yeah. she will probably be the first person that I actually that I actually am able to tell. I've got, you know, another sister that, I, I you know, she would not, she would look at it as how can I, you know, how can I tell you that you shouldn't have been doing what you did and you're the, you know, you're kind of at fault for what you got. Right. And, and then I have another... You know what, it, it's funny, Mike, because you know what, a lot of people think like that and then when it directly affects them or somebody that they love, they really, like, they, like I found out that a lot of people seem to do the opposite. You know, they may have been against it. You know, I think my mother was raised Catholic and, you know, and, and all through that. And, and she was, you know, a strict mother. But when it came down to it, like, it was it was her son. So, like, she couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, she couldn't turn it against anything and make it different than what it was. Right. So I think that, you know, I mean, that's something that you should, you should think about. Because I think it's great that your one sister said that to you. And it kind of, I don't know, it kind of like it it was like fate. Like maybe that was something, like, you know what I mean? Like she was saying that to let you know that it was okay that maybe you could talk about it. Right. And, that, and that's, you know, and, and that is definitely, I mean, a possibility. I looked at it as, okay, this is an opening for me. This is an opening. Right. I, I, I can say this, but I'm not going to say it now at Christmas time. Right. You know, I'll say it at a different time when it's not at Christmas time and stuff like that. The problem is her and I, we're kind of the, it's almost like we're the rebels of the family. We both don't live near the rest of the family. Um, she lives down in Arizona, and I live in Washington State, so, you know, and the rest of the family lives in Oregon. So it's one of those where, you know, we, we hear about it all the time from everybody. You know, oh, why aren't you guys moving back here? Why did you guys move so far away? All that kind of stuff. So <laughs> so what is it like living out, you know, in, in, in Washington, up in the north? Like, how are the aid service organizations or, or, like, support groups? Are there any of those things around where you're at? I don't – I mean, I know that we have – I know we have uh, the Spokane AIDS Network, um, but I just, I, I got to tell you, I'm just, I'm fearful of even going in there because I'm fearful of, you know, of somebody going, oh, I know you, and I should go tell everybody about you now. Right. You know, and, and like I said, maybe I'm not giving people enough credit, you know, but I think it, it comes back to that. It comes back to, again, just like, you know, just like coming out of the closet when you're gay. Right. You, know, you can you can feel that 99% of you is very confident and feels like, hey, this person is going to help me out and this person is going to be okay with it and, you know, nothing bad is going to come from this. But there's that 1% that goes, oh, my God, what if? And that 1% weighs so heavily on you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you just go, I don't know what to do, you know. So, so what made you decide to start blogging? Because... Uh, because the because the reason why I ask is the internet is open to everybody, right? So yeah. Are you are you are you concerned that somebody from hometown will see what you're writing and then say, ah, oh, did you did you see this? Yeah, there's you know when I first started, I didn't. I I, I wasn't as majorly concerned about because I'm like you know who who's gonna you know who's gonna see it unless they're on this site and you know then you know then they're okay with it. And I think it comes back. It almost comes back to the same thing when you're, you know, when you're coming out. It's almost like it's so much easier if somebody asks the question because you figure mm-hmm. if somebody asks the question, then they've already had, then they better have already figured out what they're going to do with it if they find the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like when somebody turned around and said, you know, hey, you know, Mike, are you gay? It's like, uh, you know, I would always ask them one question back. It's like, does it really make a difference, or is it any of your business? But at least I would know if they've are, if they've asked the question, they've already thought about what if he says yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I better be okay with that. And so when I first started blogging, it was mainly to help me. It was just like, okay, I can write my own thoughts out here. I, you know, I I don't feel confident enough to go to a support group. You know, because I just you know if I maybe was in a bigger city, Seattle or Portland or something like that, it'd be so much easier. You know, I hear so much so many nicer things about that. And it's like I, I feel like I could go there and talk to people, and, and and maybe I would get the advice I wanted. And so here I was, you know, reading other people's you know inputs on the on the site, and I thought, well, maybe I should put mine out there. Maybe there's other people that are thinking the exact same thing I'm thinking. 
and maybe somebody will either have already gone through it and be able to respond to my blog and go, hey, this is what I would say, or I'll get some other ideas, or maybe somebody else will read my blog and go, wow, I'm not all alone. You know, there's somebody else thinking this and going through this exact same stuff. So I put it out there, and I never really thought much about, you know, anybody really reading it until a few weeks ago when I saw a friend's picture, and I went, oh, my God, what the hell is he logged on here for? (laughs) (laughs) And I actually went and talked to his friend on here um, that kind of got him involved in this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's he's like, he'll be okay with it. He'll be okay with it. You just need to open up. It's like, ah, sooner or later I will but I don't know how I'm going to do it or when I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, guess what? He's on here tonight. So <laughs> guess, guess what? Hey, I'm out now. <laughs> I'm out, come out wherever you I mean, are. you know, can you just go, I hope that, you know, I hope that this is a person that, you know, 99% of you says that this is a person you can trust and is not going to run out and say anything to anybody and is going to be fine with it. But there, there's just that 1% of you that goes, oh, my God, what if? Right. What if, what if, what if, yep. Yeah, and that one percent just weighs so heavily. Mm-hmm. So, what? Where? Because how do I, how do I phrase this question? I, I'm trying to. Um, if if somebody does see you on the internet, right? Yep. And what are you going to do with it? Um. You know what? I guess the situation has, you know, we we it's resolved itself. Then at that point in time, you know, I guess there's a part of you that kind of goes, I wish that somebody would, because then it's like, right. okay, it's already done. Um, okay, done it. You know, I'm, I've got to be out there now. There's right. I can do about it now. What's already happened has happened. I can't do anything about it. I wish I could. I wish I could use that same thing though about being HIV positive. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a right. part up every single day and goes, why did you do that one last time, you know, with Right, somebody. right. And yeah, not that you do it with that time, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's it's easy for us, right, Robert and me, yeah. <laughs> to um, sit back and say, well, you know, it's not that hard, but da 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 but you know what? I have to also put my shoes back on when I was in Denver, Colorado, when I found out that I was HIV positive, and and then having to call my parents and tell them two years into it. It and and, and they live in a very small. My parents live in a very very small town in California. I think it's less than thirty thousand people. Very small. <laughs> And so you want to, it's very similar to where you are, where everybody knows everybody's business. And I was surprised, and I was pleasantly surprised with my parents' reactions. Now, my dad, on the other hand, I should say my mom's reaction, but my dad, on the other hand, took him a little longer. But, you know, it's sometimes... It's it's the hardest thing to do is to tell your family, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, the other part of it is um, trying to because, frankly, when you get any kind of diagnosis like this, you go through a grieving process, and that grieving process can take weeks, days, can take months or years, right? Because, you know, you have to go through those. In, in our, of course, I, I think there's, what, five stages of grief that, you know, it's the the denial, the blaming, the, the, the bargaining, the, um, the anger, and then the acceptance, I think. But they don't always go in, those or, in that order, right? Yeah. So allow yourself to do it. There's no rush. There's no hurry. And um, just give yourself the time to do that. There. I, I want $65 an hour for that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all, man? You're cheap. 
<laughs> you have no idea how cheap I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know I, I, was, I was amazed at how easily I was able to forgive the person. That, have that you really amazed yourself? me. No. See, but that, I'm a person. I don't. I don't. I don't forgive myself for much of anything. I mean, I am really. I. It's so easy for me to look at other people and go. Hey, you know what? I can understand how that could happen. Don't worry about it. You know, it's so easy for me to forgive somebody else, but I beat myself up. I am the worst critic. I am my own worst critic. And I mean, I will. My friends will tell you I beat myself up for things that, you know, that have nothing to do with nothing. And I just need to let it go. But it's like it just doesn't happen that easily for mm-hmm. me. And I wish it would. And I, I, I have a good friend of mine that's a, that's a Catholic priest. If you would have told me I would have had a good Catholic priest friend growing up in a Catholic grade school, I would have said, hell no, ever, not a chance. But he's a really good friend, and, you know, we have some good conversations and stuff, and he'll, you know, and, and I can't, I just haven't even told him about this yet, but, you know, he'll always say, you know, just let go and let God and, you know, turn it, turn your problems over to God. And it's like, I did that, I put him over, you know, I sent him a Gmail and... Uh, <laughs> Put it in his inbox, and I came back a day later, and it was still sitting there, so I had to take it back. <laughs> right. You know, I'm the one that if he's not going to take care of it, he goes, in his own time, in his own time, it's like, I'm sorry, it needs to be done in my time. Right. I'm having a hard time letting that thing go, and I just, it's really hard for me to let this one go. You know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those that, you know, it's the rest of your life. And, 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 and not to get off a lot of, you know, off to, off topic and stuff, but, I think there are more folks who who are listening to this show and um, who may not be listening tonight, but they will listen and they have listened, is um, they are feeling the same way. You And and believe me, I felt the same way. I, Robert, I'm sure you did too. Yeah. It, it's that whole idea of, oh, crap, I've – I've done something really, really horrible because everybody that I've talked to says it's really, really horrible, and my behavior got me here. And, you know, and, and plus, growing up Catholic like you, Mike, it's, well, this is God's way of punishing me. And so I went through all of that, and, and I think there's a lot of people who, who have and still are. Is in in. I think, though, what, you, what you're doing, Mike, is incredibly brave and incredibly courageous because you are taking a huge personal risk of blogging on the site, and you've got your picture out there. Yep. So you're taking this risk to talk about what you're going through in a very public Forum, but the internet now. And, and though I said the internet was, you know, all wide and open, you know, who's going to look at it? But the internet also provides a somewhat detached and somewhat—I um, wouldn't say insulated, but um, somewhat anonymous way so of easy. dealing. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah, it's really easy. I mean, I have found that it's so easy to blog. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know I haven't blogged for like two weeks, but because I knew this was coming up, I'm going, I don't want to talk to anything now because then I won't have anything to talk about on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't stop Robert and me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, it, it's so easy to write about it because right when the thoughts come to mind, it's like, mm-hmm. boom, I can write all this stuff down and I can just post it out there. And, you know, guess what? It's, it's not really me. You know, nobody mm-hmm. else has to, you know, and, uh, anybody can read it and stuff like this. And, yeah, somebody can see the picture and go, oh, my God, that's Mike. I know him. Yep. But there's also the I was able to put it out there, and I didn't have I didn't have to have somebody's face in front of me to give me a response. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have to worry about that. You know, right. Somebody else can write something negative about it or be mean about it or something like this if they choose to, not that any of the, you know, not that anybody here would ever do that. But, you know, they could do that, and I can easily just delete it or go, whatever. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's your opinion. That's your thought process or whatever. It's not something that I have to deal about, deal with in my, in my day-to-day life. Right. And, and also, if somebody does see you, 
what are the odds, and I always, I always say this back to myself, what are the odds they're actually going to come up to you and say something because now they're outing themselves? Possibly. possibly. In, in, a, in, a, in a way, right? Yep, so, in a way. If, if, they're, yep. you know, if, they're, if they're positive, there's, you know, obviously, um, you know, my friend that's on here is, is not positive, and, and so, but he's here to check things out, which, you know, Robert pointed out a good thing. He goes, well, if he's here, then obviously he must be okay with some things. And it's like, it's still that 1% freaks you out, man. <laughs> yep, yep. 1% freaks yeah. you out. Until that first conversation, that 1% will always freak you out. <laughs> And it will, and it and who knows if it'll happen as soon as the show is over or not, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. who knows. Well, I think one of the great things about, you know, your blog like, um, is that you put everything out there that, that you're feeling, whether it's positive or negative, you know what I mean, and you'll put out your fears, and you about, you know, starting, you have started meds, right? I did read that, yep. right? Yes. Right, and you talked about that. And all those things, those fears and everything that you have, they're all things that everybody else is either going through or already went through. So I, I, I enjoy reading your blogs, and I think it's great that you're there because I'm watching you, like, transform as you're, you know, going from somebody who, who is so confused and doesn't know what to do to somebody now who's out there and, you know, giving advice to people and, and, and you know, getting replies. I think that's really important. Well, it's been, I mean, and that's been, and that has been really good for me because I've seen some changes. But it, it's like I'll see, like, I'm, I'm turning this corner and I'm feeling better about stuff. And st- and then I'll notice I step, take a, you know, take a couple steps back. There'll be, a, you know, some kind of setback or something like that. It'll just do mm-hmm. it. And and I know that everybody goes through it. And I, oh, yeah. I just, and then like, like I, I, I try to write the stuff and I, I love it when people respond to them because it's like at least, you know, somebody read them. Right. But even if somebody didn't read them, to me, it's like at least I wrote it down, and I feel better about it because I wrote it down. And maybe there's somebody else out there, because I know that when I was, you know, waiting for my test results, the, the longest three weeks of my life. I don't know why it took so long, but anyway, as I was waiting for my test results, I mean, I was online researching all kinds of stuff, and there'd be days where you know you you can read so much online, and the internet's a great thing, but it's also a very horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Because some of the stuff is either such so much misinformation, or it's from back in 1983 is where this study is at, you know, and it can just drive you crazy. Because there were times when I would just start reading, I'd just be like, "Oh my God, my life is over. It's all hopeless now." And you just, I'd have to close the laptop and go, "I don't want to have anything to do with the internet ever again." Because this is where it's at. And so I'm hoping that, I mean, when I stumbled across Pause I Am, it was just like, "This is what I'm looking for—a site where I can." just get information and sometimes it's sometimes you don't want information sometimes you just want somebody to listen or somebody to tell you that they've had the same problems you right. want to hear about what you know what is this medication going to do and what can you look forward to in the future and what kind of discrimination is out there you just want to have somebody that just can bs and talk and stuff like that you know i do know and and one of the one of the other things that I always tell people when they're newly diagnosed is stay off the internet. <laughs> yeah, you, you know because the internet is is a great thing, and or it is uh, it can be your worst enemy because if you go on to some of these sites like WebMD or you know these self-diagnosing medical sites, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> you know it scares you. Yeah. It, so it, it's you know. Because I think a lot of folks, when they're diagnosed, they go into information overload. Oh, yeah, I did. You know? I did. Because you want to go out there. You want to find out what's going on. You want to find out. And then all you see are these horrible, horrible things that are happening to people. And you're like, oh, God, that's going to happen to me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and then when you read some of the dates on them, you go, oh, 1982. 1991, yeah, right. and I mean, even though you look at it and you go, hey, 1999, and you go, that was you know, just 1999, but then you have to start going, but that's 11 years ago. That's a, that is a world of difference in technology and medications and things like that. That's a big, huge world of difference. Um, my boyfriend, and I, I, I can say this fantastically, that uh, if I wasn't positive, I would have never met him. Um, he's not, he's negative. But I just would—I would have never met. I would have never given him the chance to get to know me, or for me to get to know him. Oh, I thought you were saying because you were like all that in attitude. 
I'm like, oh, oh well. Well, it, it really, in a way, in a way, it really was kind of that way. I mean, I uh-huh. had this set person or type of person that I would want to date. Yep. You know, I mean, and and so you know, here's a guy that you know, he, he has piercings, has tattoos. Oh, Those hot. to me were like, no, uh-uh. never gonna date a person with long hair, piercings, and tattoos. Uh-uh. Not gonna do <laughs> man. You know? And, and so, and and so, I probably would have never given the given the chance. Yeah. But here it was. We just started talking, and I mean, it's it's the greatest relationship I've ever had. And I Aww. wouldn't have had him had I not been positive, because I don't think I would have ever given him the chance. That's as, re- as, as horrible as that sounds, that's that's <laughs> the truth of the matter, though. You know, I mean, I was, you know, I think I was that way. You know, I was kind of shallow in that regard. Right. One of the that kind of coincides with a question we have here in the in the chat room. It says, um, "How do you how do you deal with like what's your experience with dating and like how did you share your your information that you were positive with your boyfriend now?" Um, I told myself that I would never even kiss somebody, and I know you can't get it from kissing, but I just told myself, "Look, you know what? That's that's to me, kissing is really really um, a very intimate thing." Mm-hmm. Um, when I dated the, you know, I mean, you know, we, I just feel like I've got to tell somebody before I even do that, because you're invading their space, you're coming into their space, and that person should have every right to make that decision beforehand, and I think it's a protection mechanism for two, for both them and for me, for one, they should have the right to make that decision and go, okay, wait a minute, I don't want HIV near me, they should have the right to say that if that's what they choose to say. But then for right. me, it's also like I don't want to kiss somebody and then go, oh, my God, because I believe in that song, It's All in This Kiss. Um, that I don't want to kiss somebody and then go, oh, that was so fantastic, and then have them go, you're HIV positive? Get lost. Because right. that, that, that to me would hurt really mu- a, a, a lot inside. And so when I dated him, I told him. You know, I, I said, i got to tell you this. And I told him, and he goes, okay, so... Was like, so he was fine with it. Yeah, he was fine with it. He, he was, he was fine. And so, and it's been great. He's, you know, he's been the one that's more relaxed about things than I am. You know, I <laughs> panic about. I, I was, you know, and he'll tell you right now that I'm much better than I used to be. I mean, I used to be one of those people that was online all the time, you know, looking at things, and it was like, oh my god, there's a spot. What's that spot? Oh my god, what's that? You know, and I freaked out about everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I saw my doctor, you know, I would say probably weekly for the first little bit because I, you know, I figured I had everything. If yep. if there was ever anything that could actually be out there, I must have it. And it right. took me a while to realize that look, HIV doesn't give you anything. HIV makes you more susceptible to things if you, if it's not in, under control. You know, your body can't fight off, fight off some of the infections and stuff like this, but it's not going to make you have things that you, you know, that aren't out there already. But it just, so it made me panic like crazy. So uh, Jeremiah will tell you that I'm much better about it now, where I can look at stuff and, you know, I mean, I'll spot, I'll look and I'll go, oh, there's a new red spot, what the heck is that? And, you know, but I'll, I'll think about it for like two days and then just go, oh, that was a, that was a zit. <laughs> oh, that's all that was. Oh, what's that red spot? Oh, that's from where the dog scratched me when I was, you know, rubbing her belly or something like that. You know, I'm much more relaxed about stuff like that now. So oh, I don't see my doctor nearly as often anymore. So he's, he's a great doctor, though. He was really cool. He called me up when they had the H1N1 vaccine. He goes, hey, I, he goes, I got ten shots. Do you want one? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be right there, yeah. Yeah. So hey, we're, uh, I guess we have some folks on the line that are trying to call in to talk oh, to you. Cool. So we're going to open those up so that you can take some questions. How do you sound? How's that for you? I'm fine with it. All right. And if anybody else has any questions, please give us a call at three four seven two one five nine four four two. It is nine forty five p.m. Eastern time. So first caller, I guess. Well, I'm waiting for people to call. That's oh, what I they opened my big floor. I thought you said there were four callers in the anyway. Oh. I know, I was so excited I read it wrong. I'm sorry, Mike. That's okay. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to me, that's okay. I understand. I'm fine, oh. I'm fine with that. I get enough people talking to me at work. They, 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 they think because they pay my salary that I should answer questions. I don't understand that at all, but 
<laughs> That's so in the funny. Same way. Yeah, I don't like to talk to people either. But then I have to go sit in these big boardrooms and talk to, like, you know, executives and say, hello, I'm doing blah, 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 blah. And it's like, are you listening to me or are you just reading a BlackBerry? Yeah. Yeah. You know, at least you're able I, – I'm really good at getting up and talking to people when it doesn't really affect me. Um, I remember working for a software company, and we had a uh, we had a users conference. And I'd only worked for the company for like four months, and we had like eight thousand people there. And the CEO's plane was late, and so he wasn't there. They're like, oh, everybody's going. I don't want to get up there. I don't want to get up there. I said, I'll go talk. What the heck? It doesn't matter to me. Nobody knows me <laughs> from anybody right now. So I just got up there and just started talking. Said, I can't believe you did that. It's like it doesn't. You know, public speaking doesn't bother me. I, I have no problems with that whatsoever. No, you're doing great here. You guys are doing a good job pulling the information out. So. Yeah, you would never uh, know he was nervous. I know. <laughs> He's probably over there. You don't smoke, do you? No. All right, yeah. I, I was going to say, he's probably drink. over there chain smoking, going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't I don't smoke and I don't drink. And <laughs> my, family's, my family's kind of, my sis, a couple of my sisters are uh, part, partners in wineries and stuff like this, and so they're... They're, they've been starting to try to get me into it. So they've been sending me wine and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, uh, you know, you know, it just sits in the sits in the wine rack or whatever. Because I, I just, you know, I don't drink and I don't smoke, and so that's just the way it goes. So you don't drink, you don't smoke. What do you do? Huh? Aha! Uh, uh-huh. Did you see uh, that? I, I pulled that in. <laughs> I saw that. Home. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I, waiting all night to say it. Really? Yeah. God, that's that's too bad, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I my all my gay friends tell me that I'm a closeted straight man because <laughs> you know, um, I I watch sports all the time. I grew up playing hockey, uh, watch sports. Don't know how to design anything. Couldn't tell you what color goes with what. Um, don't have any. You know, don't I, I have you know, like white rain shampoo in my in my shower and that's it. No facial scrubs or facial stuff or anything else like that. You know, I, what I do you use anything. on your face then? You whatever do not the, use soap. Whatever the bar soap is. That's oh, God, <laughs> Mike. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Sorry, okay. that's just it. No, no. You, you, you see, bar soap is bad. Bad, that's what bad, everybody bad for your face. Just, it's bad for your face. I'm sorry. That's just, I mean, it's just, that's just who I am, and it's like, so all my friends go, you know, you... You're a closeted straight man, and I keep telling him. I said, "Yeah, someday oh, when you see me kissing God. a girl, I hope you still accept me." <laughs> oh God! Okay, I, I I am going to be sending you some <laughs> products to start using <laughs> on your face. Because, I, oh God, I can't. Oh, I have that's a, so I funny. Have I actually um I, I have a caller on the line. So oh, okay, cool. yeah. Right. So area code nine five four. Yes. You are on the air. Thank you, Mr. Robert. This Hello? is Nate. Hey, it's Nate Clarfeld. How are you? Hey, Nate. How are you? Hey, I'm Nate. I'm doing great. Hey, Jeremy. What's up? Anyway, well, I wanted I would to tell you, but I get in trouble. Oh, God. <laughs> Long show, <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I just wanted to, uh, like, really, you know, you know what what Robert created with uh, with uh, Paz I Am is what's called safe space. You know, like they have these safe rooms in school now for bullying, and they have, you know, these safe houses that kids can run to. And 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 I kind of think that this whole internet, when when there is a place like Paz I Am, or uh, there's another one called Hetero Chat for um, HIV positive heterosexuals, and and these are just safe spaces that we've we've created uh, mainly because there's no other alternative. And uh, it's really, you know, it's really, you know, therapeutic to have these and also know that, you know, you can go here, you can say the truth, you can, you know, find other, uh, you know, kindred souls. And, and just verbalizing the problem, just saying it out loud uh, has, has, has value. I just wanted to, to mention that. I appreciate it. Don't you have a cruise coming up? Uh, yeah, May second in. Yeah, give yourself I, I, a little plug. 
okay, I co-host a safe space too, but it just happens to be on a cruise ship um, uh, for the last 11, seven, 11 years, 11 years on this end, seven years on that, on the West Coast. Uh, HIVcruise.com, my partner and I and some other people co-host uh, a cruise for HIV-positive men, uh, going to uh, Mexican Riviera with, I think, Greg Casson from uh, uh, AIDS Medicine and Miracles as our, as our leader guy, and uh, that, that leaves from Long Beach on May 2nd. And then the big cruise, the one where we have about 250 people, with my partner, the lovely Dr. Grover Lawless, psychiatrist to the gays. Uh, <laughs> that leaves October 23rd. I should say that he's not here tonight. <laughs> he would kill throw me. Um, I don't know if you know this. My my part for all of those out there. Uh, I live in a in a different bubble than most people. Uh, my. <laughs> My partner and I wrote a column in the Gay Rag till it went out of business uh, on HIV life in South Florida with our names and pictures every week. So uh, we didn't have the the you know we we just when when that hat hit the fan. But for 25 years before we were together, he was the um, MD gay psychiatrist in Dallas. So uh, ah. that's who I live with, and and I'm starting a support group for gay men who live with MD psychiatrists. <laughs> well, Nate, thanks for calling in, man. Anyway, I'll t- anyway, I just wanted to talk about safe space. Okay, bye. Thank you. <laughs> and you guys can find more information on uh, Nate's cruise at HIVcruises.com. Um, Nate was actually on, uh, he was a guest uh, last on the show. Right, did you do that show with me, Jeremy? What's that? This is a big thing to have uh, to have the, uh, the, safe, the safe space to, to go out and be able to talk and stuff like that on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I did want to mention is, um, you know, we were talking about Mike's blog and how, um, you know, people stumbling across it by accident. But so people do know that if you do have a blog or start blogging on POSIM, uh, the blogs are private. You can't actually view the blogs unless you're a member and join. So um, just so, so people know that, you know what I mean, <laughs> I'm respecting his anonymity. <laughs> No, because it's important. You know what I mean. You, you only, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know what I mean. Cause yeah. issues for people. I want to help people. So. <laughs> yeah, it's. You know, you know. Again, it goes right back to stigma. Stigma. Yeah. Stigma. 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 Did I say that well, enough? It, stigma. You hope that. Yeah, I mean, you hope that it'll go away, and little by little, it. You know, you 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 feel like it it has gone away a little bit, but there's still this part of you that just goes, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we were talking earlier about how it's very similar to like coming out of the closet, coming out gay, um, to come out HIV positive. But you know, I was just thinking about it as we were talking about it, and um, it it's it's kind of the same, but it's also kind of different because when people come out and they're when I don't know people, I I think when they come out of the closet and say that they're gay, they're doing it because like they're proud. You know what I mean? They're tired of it, and they're like, you know what? I'm gay. Get over it. Deal with it. And that's just the way the situation is. Where HIV, I think it's a little bit different, like you said, because of the stigma. Um, it's a little yeah. bit harder to come out and say I'm positive and proud. Right. Yeah. Because, well, let's let's put it this way. What do we see in the media? We see... Oh, those poor little positive babies that were born with AIDS, or so and so is suing so and so because they intend or they were infected by this person, and now they're going. It, now it's criminalized. Right. Who wants to stand up and talk about it? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, because you, you, God, it's like, holy crap! Do I need to go back to every single partner I've had? That would take years, so we're not going to. Go back to every single partner I've had and, and say, by the way, I'm HIV positive. have no idea when I was infected, but you might want to check it too. No, it, it's it, 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 at some point, you know, it, it, it's a virus, and this is where I get on my soapbox. It's a virus. <laughs> yes, it's communicable. Yes, it's a sexually transmitted disease. And... Damn it, we should all be responsible adults and tell each other and get tested. So that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm stepping down. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, you're funny. You're funny. I'm not funny. I'm queer and HIV positive. Now that's funny. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, so Mike, how is um how how was starting meds for you? How was you know going through that now that you're on medication? Is it you know different panicked. for you? Do you? I was really panicked at first. I mean, I, I, I the, the boyfriend was nice enough to even you know he. We, we live about 100 miles apart from each other, but he drove up here just so he was here the very first night because I was, you know, I was all worried about all the side effects. They talked about, you know, weird dreams, all this kind of stuff. So I was a little panicked about that, and um, so he was here. I took him, nothing, no big deal until about two weeks into it. I broke out in the rash, and, um, you know, he was, he was in, you know, he goes, don't panic, but I'm going to tell you, your rash is here. And, like, going, oh, my God, so I had to go look at it, you know, and then I was panicked for about a week and um, just stayed on Benadryl that week as I was taking the triplet at the same time. And, um, you know, I came through that just fine. I've never had the, the weird dreams. I've never had any other side effects other than I, you know, there were times when I was, you know, I had this kind of this, you know, you feel almost like you're drunk or something like this a couple hours after you take it. Right. But I don't even, I don't even have that anymore. I mean, it's like I take it now. Now I have to keep going. I think I'm getting old. Did I remember to take the pill? Because I don't have feelings <laughs> anymore. I swear I took it two hours ago, but I can't remember anymore. So I'm going, I think I'm getting really old now. I can't remember these things anymore. Yeah, I have that problem, too. I, last night I went to a, a surprise party, and I got a little tipsy. Um, and I usually don't drink, but I decided I was going to drink and have a good time, and my partner wasn't going to drink, so he could drive. And I forgot to bring my medication with me, and last night I didn't take my med. <laughs> I can say I've never forgotten it. I mean, I've never not taken mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, and the doctor was asking me, he goes, well, did you stop taking it when you had the rash? I said, no, I just kept taking it. You didn't tell me I could stop taking it, so I just kept <laughs> the damn thing, but I just kept popping the Benadryl. And I guess I got lucky, too. I mean, I had the rash, and it was everywhere. It was about 90% of my body from the neck down, but it never itched. So right. it was just, you know, I just had broken out in the hives really, really bad and, you know, freaked me out like crazy, but... Uh, Never had it. Never had any real problems with it. So I, I'm lucky in that regard. And so I keep I, just hoping that this stuff will last for a long, long time with me, and I'll you know keep doing really well on it. So I won't have to change to something else, and I'll end up having some you know major right. side effects. And your counts are good now. My counts are good now. Um, I, I my counts were never really bad. Uh, I've never had um, over 2,000 for a viral load. Mm -hmm. Never, even the very first time I, you know, the very, very first time I got tested, it was not even that high. And um, my CD4s were just barely under 400. They were like at 393, and then we took them, you know, then three months later we took them, and they were like 372, and that's when he said, well, it looks like maybe they're trending downward, so let's go ahead and start John Meds. Right. So we did that, and so I mean now I'm you now now the viral load is undetectable, and the the CD4 counts over 400, and it's and it's you know beginning to climb again. But it's you know I always worried about that, and he's like you know there could be some majorly healthy people out there that have never had a single problem. And he goes, and their CD4 counts are never over 400 or 500. Right. Because that's why they have the range of 400 to 1100. You know, he goes because that's the normal range. Because some people right. have great ones, and some people just won't doesn't mean anything, you know. But mm -hmm. that was the greatest thing that, that the infectious disease doctor ever said to me was the first time I was in his office, he just said, look, you know, he goes, you're going to be 90 years old clutching your chest and dying of a heart attack. He goes, this disease is not going to kill you. <laughs> and I said, and I always try to remember that. And there's a couple times I've seen him and I've said, can you say that to me again, please? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's a great You know what, Mike? We're actually down to the last minute, so I want to thank you for um, coming on and talking with us. The hour flew by, and, um, you know, I'm really proud of you. I think it's great what you're doing, and um, I wish you much success, you know, moving forward with it all. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys very much for having me on, too. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. This was fantastic. Have a good and I just want to remind everybody that you can uh, find Mike's blog on the POSIM network. If you go to POSIM.com, you can join the social network there. His blog, his blog is called Living with HIV. Um, and you can find more information on Jeremy Dunn at PositivelySpeaking.com. Um, that's me. Yes, yeah, that's you. Next week we're going to be <laughs> with um, Dwayne uh, Quintana, his name is, uh, and he was involved with uh, Hope's Voice, and he does HIV campaign, and he has his own 
aid service organization, I believe, in Idaho or Ohio, Where? one of those. Idaho or Ohio. <laughs> I don't know, but he's going to come on and share his story and talk about the organization that he started there um, and all the great work that he does. But, uh, Jeremy, uh, great show. Hey, it was an awesome show. Thanks for having me on again. <laughs> yes, and, and, and we will talk to everybody soon, and thank you all for tuning in. Yay. All right. Have a great night, everyone. Have a great night and a great week, everybody.